Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. rocking and rolling, Curtis. <laughs> so first and foremost, tell me about kind of your current situation, what you've got going on in your business, what you've been doing. Just give everybody a little bit of an overview of where you're at. So at the moment, I'm working with a lot of uh, like leaders in their industry. They do business coaching, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, and I got into it randomly for a few connections. I think my first client was actually a hairdresser of Shah. <laughs> so then, then I got linked to Shah, um, but it's by doing good work, you slowly build up uh, the reputation that you, you meet new people along the way. That's basically how I've been building at the moment. I haven't done any marketing. It's all sure. word of mouth. So that's what I'm trying to work towards, building it bigger online as well and trying to get to the next stage of my business. Sure, sure. So tell me, how long have you been doing it? And just, like from the time you did the hairdresser to where you're at now? So I was making like making videos beforehand, but do you mean from this this kind of industry or all of yeah, that? Just getting into it more professionally, like trying to start charging versus you. I mean, you can tell me too, you know, how long you've actually been just doing video. You know, some yeah. have been doing it since they were six years old. So how long have you been experimenting with video and playing with video? Yeah, that was that's a definitely a long one. So I've been experimenting with video since I was probably about uh, seven or so um, oh, you were, okay. and I was making like YouTube I, I started my YouTube channel when I was about 13 okay I made a video every week I managed to get about 16k so I started getting some traction wow. okay and then that's that's obviously that allowed me to practice all the editing skills yeah. and everything okay. so by the time I left school I thought I'm gonna go just full in I'm just gonna do it uh, I had some money saved up uh, I had all the equipment that I've been sure. spending all my like my birthday money and all of that stuff yeah. on uh, obviously not everything I've got now, but I had enough to get started. And then I just went for it and I made videos in lots of different industries. I, I bought full-time filmmaker Parker's course and that helped me like, with the how to do stuff and how to approach different clients. Sure. And I just saw what I was passionate about. And eventually it led down, I'm probably doing it about a year and a half. Then I met this hairdresser. <laughs> I did some videos of her. And then now my business is a lot more focused into one industry and yep. one type. Yeah. So now I know what I need to buy equipment wise. So I don't have to buy everything for every industry. Right. Well, and that's a really powerful thing. And I think that now, how old are you now? I'm 21. Just 10, 21. 21. So crazy. So good. Um, but there is a power in that experimentation phase, trying different things out. But I think that, and you kind of mentioned it accidentally, Ironically enough, this is going to be great because I've, I mean, more or less made my income off of the same industry you're in right now since about, I mean, really, I guess, full-time with it since 2014. I started to plant the seeds as well in like 2011, 2012. 
Um, and then yeah, I had I saw Shadow your um, thing with uh, Tony Robbins. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's really <laughs> cool. And so it, it's crazy, but interestingly enough, and I see this a lot. It was kind of accidental. I was actually more wanting to get into more coaching and training back in the day. And so I started seeking out people and I just traded my video skills to access their events and their masterminds and different things. And, you know, a good chunk of them in the beginning, I was not getting paid for because I was actually doing a trade. But then what I would do is, is I would edit and show a video at the end of the event before the closing keynote or something, just a kind of a sizzle piece, just music and clips. And, uh, you know, people would see it. They saw me running around the whole time and doing my thing. Then I got to put that video in front of those 200, 500,000 people and word of mouth started to spread. Then of course the people reaching out, you know, weren't all asking to, for me to do it for free. They didn't know I was doing it for free or anything like that for the ones. And then it just, (laughs) just took off. So that's That's a classic example of the free to fee kind of uh, thing, isn't it? Like you're putting yourself out there in front of loads of people. It sounds brilliant. Yeah, and, and that's and it is a really, really powerful thing. And I think that through the years I've had people ask me about specifically and which is I mean, before I actually even go any more onto that, I mean, what was is I noticed some of your question was kind of around pricing and then you mentioned marketing. I mean, what are the biggest struggles that you're having right now in regards to getting more business, charging more? What's what's going on there? Yeah, so Obviously, I haven't been in this industry long, um, and I don't really know what the because I've just gone with my gut and I thought, oh, I just I'll start charging this. I don't know what everyone else is charging, so I don't know if I'm undervaluing myself too much, or I, I don't know what other people are doing really because I haven't yeah. met so many people in the industry. That's why you're you're perfect because you've sure. done so much, you've had so much experience, and I haven't experimented with marketing or advertising at all really. So that's a whole a whole new thing I haven't done at all. Sure. Well, I think that that's, so that's the interesting thing because I, I really, I actually in video production and in, you know, video in general, outside of some things I've done in the online world that those people do and experimenting with some Facebook ads, my video production company has been built entirely off of word of mouth, networking, referrals, doing great work, having people really, you know, like me, tell their friend and and, and the industry that you're in, it's big, but it's small. Like people know each other, but what's, what's happening is, is because there is quite frankly, more of abundance of talent, you know, just like yourself popping up. I mean, when I started to film for some of these people, I mean, quite frankly, some of them in that industry thought I was the only person on earth that was really doing like event, you know, videos for kind of the, the coach and the speaker and all that, you know, even though there was, of course, still lots of people doing video, there was. I think uh, but, even nowadays in U, in the UK especially, it does seem to be very like that because I get asked all the time when I'm not free, is there anyone else you know that does what you do? They, they don't seem to know anyone else. No, is- and, that, and, and, and I think it's, so I think that there's, it's still true. They're, they're seeking a little bit more because I think that there's an awareness that they're out there, but they don't know where they're at. They don't know how to find them. And so that's where... That's the interesting thing because somebody like you could do a phenomenal, like let's say you weren't doing that industry, but you're great at, at doing that. Like you could totally crush it. But that person that could hire you, they don't know where to find you because they're not, I mean, yeah, they can type in 
things on Google and whatnot. But again, what I'm finding that you may have experienced is that at least in the specific niche we're talking about here, these coaches, speakers, thought leaders, mastermind, retreat leaders, um, who quite frankly are typically, you know, when it comes to kind of money, they're typically charging more medium to higher fees, but it's still all relative because I think that what are we comparing against? I mean, there's people out there, Warren Buffett for a lunch will charge like once a year, he offers a lunch and it's like $4 million <laughs> for an hour or two. Crazy money. <laughs> so, right. That's, that's a lot of money. But what I find is, is, is people who are still going to spend five, 10, 20, $30,000 to get a project done, they would prefer to go to their network. They would prefer to go to their friends. They would prefer to have some type of referral because going on Google, going to some of these sites, it's like throw, you know, it's like you and your buddy are in, in, in a room in the dark and you're, you're going to throw darts and try to hit a dartboard, but you might hit your buddy, you know, and so that would hurt. And so what happens is, is that they, they go on and they search people and, and I've gotten a lot of work after, like I even have a few that we've worked with in the last couple of years where... I mean, I knew them. They were friends with me, talked to them, gave them the pricing. They ended up going with somebody else and they got screwed over. You know, they weren't happy um, for one reason or another. Either the person was, you know, um, what I find sometimes is it's actually in this scenario I'm thinking about specifically, it was less about the work. The work was great. It was all the behind the scenes, the communication, email, phone, not, you know, I'm going to get this done in a week. It took them three weeks or yeah. in some cases. Reliability, yeah. It's definitely reliability is very yeah. important. And, 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 and your personality and friendliness. So these things are the soft skills that nobody wants, you know, nobody talks about because it's cool to talk about the cameras and even let's run Facebook ads or do this and that. But you can have all that, but if you don't have the foundation, then these people won't continue to use you. They won't continue to refer you. Because what you want is like Shaw and some of these other people is when their friend says, do you know anybody for video? Boom. You're the one who, without a shadow of a doubt, is the person they refer. Um, I'll tell you what, Shaw is amazing at doing that. So I've had so many people off Shaw, like she's recommended me to, I'd say, at least 10 people. Wow, um, because incredible. we have that that rapport and we trust each other and she knows I get things done on time and she knows also well if, if she recommends me to someone else I'm going to treat them with the respect that she does and I'm not going to make her look bad and that's and that's very important right because that's the thing if if especially for me relationships are everything so when one of those people like Shaw refers you and you make her look bad because you screw that person over, that's not good because now that doesn't just reflect on you. That reflects on her and her reputation and the trust that people have when she says, use Curtis, he's going to do you know, a great job for you. And then you create a great experience and then the ripple happens. So part of it is, I always say, can you just like, the longer you stay in the game, the easier the game can get. Because, you know, that ripple's just going to keep getting wider and wider and wider the longer and longer you're in the game. Because now, you, you know, she refers you to 10. And let's say you worked with all 10. Well, then those 10 might give you, one of those people could give you 10. Another one could give, so before you know it, three, five years in, there's always work coming in. Because there's somebody that did, she did connect you with today that doesn't work with you for three years. Like, I, I had some of that happen. I was meeting people. And then seeing them in it, because you'll see that too. The same people are at similar events yeah, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. that. Yep. <laughs> and, and so, so then there's people who either aren't 
holding their own retreats or events yet, but then three years later they do and they've seen you every year and now you're the person that they're going to use. And the cool thing too is, I mean, I've been flown over there to the UK. Are you, you're in the UK, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, yeah. Near, near London. Not too far. I love, I love, I, I got engaged in London. Oh, really? <laughs> I, I love Europe, but, um, but yeah, so, you know, that's the thing when some of these people had somebody like me, cause I mean, I've known Shaw since maybe 2013. I think we talked about some things, but you know, that's, you're adding, I mean, I already, even in the United States, you can be adding a thousand to $2,500 for me to travel anywhere in the United States, but you're going to double that if I'm going to the UK to film something for somebody, you know, the flights alone can be 1500 to $2,000 yep. a person. Um, I usually have just me and another person or even just me. Uh, but very quickly, if I had needed two people, I mean, we could be at three or $4,000 before I've even done anything and before I even make any money. So it's great for you because I think that there's a whole untapped market of those types of people that are in the UK. So let's talk about some of the pricing and the deliverables and those things, because what I found is, and I was looking, I already see things where, I mean, your stuff looks, <laughs> it looks great, man. I mean, you do a fantastic job. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that. So I think some of the things to consider is um, a couple things to talk about. So there was a point in time, which you're not, I mean, I don't know what all the things you've been doing. I only can see what's on the site and you already have like sound bites or interviews and things in there because one big shift for me, anybody listening was that when I went from just showing up and just kind of getting beauty shots and then basically put music and clips together and that was it. I just made a music video. I had a hard time getting more than three to $5,000 for that type of video. Um, cause it's, it's valuable, but even I've had some companies that were doing like their hardcore and they were doing AB testing, like testing, one with testimonials and one without. And of course, the one with the testimonials converted better. Than I feel like it really links the video together as well. And that's what I found. So yeah. I, the I people and the emotion, like you want to you feel that, you want to hear that. And so if all you're doing is just seeing the smiling and clips, there's, there's an emotional factor there, but it just, it doesn't have the, the pull for you to be like, oh, I relate to that person though. Um, yeah. So that's a people big thing for- people don't know. That's the main thing. And I was watching your one actually um, for your- uh, what, what would you call it? Your um, mastermind or something like that? that oh, my did? event? Yeah, like I, yeah. I hold. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You saw so, the one for me. For me. <laughs> yeah. I was watching that one, and there's one moment where a guy, uh, he 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 was like, he broke down a little bit, yes. and he was saying how much you helped him, and I, that that is the moment where you connect with on a deep level. Well, because he's like, for ten years, I was I was kind of I was struggling, and now I feel like that weight has been lifted, and so that is that point where absolutely you can connect versus you know just maybe seeing the tear but you, <laughs> yeah well you might see the tear but then if you don't know what what is he crying about you know but you get to hear and then like you said connect so what we did was is we went from just having that to now ones like i'm seeing here that you have where you've got all the b-roll and then got the great music and the great editing going but then you're adding the emotion and the people talking about it and the experience now the other thing that we started to do was to experiment with, let's say we ended up with 10 different kind of interviews or testimonials. One thing that we would do is start adding what we were calling case study edits. So we'll start doing these little snippet pieces where we just take one individual and make an edit on them. 
Um, and I found that to be something where, you know, we might get 10 and we might be able to say, hey, four or five of these people were incredible. I mean, they gave us a six minute and I don't know, how, how is your process? Are you right now, because there's always two ways and you may have heard me talk about this. There's kind of the Subway model, which Subway makes a lot of money, but it's very much in bulk quantities. They're obviously not selling you know, $400 Subway sandwiches. Uh, yeah. but that's the idea. You walk in and you just take orders, you know, is the person behind it's like, do you want onions, green pepper? Are you finding that the people that you're having are really guiding you more than you're guiding them? Or is there a dance there that's happening? Do you mean in, in terms of what? Could you like, do they just come in and go, Hey Curtis, we, we, we saw what you did for Shaw. Just make us a video like that. And you're like, okay. And you come in and you make it like, what, what's your process with it? And what are your deliverables? How much are you getting told what to do versus you guiding and understanding their industry, what's going on, how things could be done, how, how you could, you know, create extra value through different videos that you could create. What's that process for you? So to begin with, uh, it was obviously the, the model that you're talking about, the subway model where they <laughs> give me everything. They're like, we want to do this many ads. Uh, here's a script, set it up and go. Mm. Um, but now uh, I've through working with the industry about what well, I'd say eight months now or so. Mm -hmm. I've gained more knowledge. I'm reading tons of books. Uh, I read like launch and all of those kind of books. Yeah. Jeff Walker. Un understand. Yeah. Jeff Walker and understand the industry. So I can actually understand what they mean by retargeting and uh, oh. all of this different audience things that I don't yeah. even understand. <laughs> yeah. Now I get what it means. So I can actually engage in those conversations with them. So mm -hmm. now I can start doing what you're saying is actually Perfect. having an input in it. And yeah. what we're doing at the moment with Shah is we're developing a web series, um, like a mini docu-series kind of thing for her evergreen course. Yes. And I've had a lot of, uh, like I can look at the script, I can change some words, I can link it, I can be like, right, we're going to film some of this in a cab, we're going to film some of this in Greenwich Park. Okay. So I have a lot of, like, a lot of uh, input into those kind of things now, which is a lot easier now I know all the stuff. But, well, not all of it, but I know a lot more than sure. what I did to begin with. Well, and so, so what I find, though, is that's where you go from being a commodity or a person where you're easily replaceable. Because what happens is if the only skill set is your ability to just take orders, keep your mouth shut and run around with the camera, they can potentially replace that fairly easily, right? There's plenty of people who have the camera and can run around and be told what to do. And so there's not as much value in that when you're that person. That's where you got to start sometimes, but that's why there's a power for everybody listening when you can start to understand an industry, understand who you're working with. And that's where, you know, there's this one line from a guy that I, I recently connected with and he said, you're the amount of money you can get paid is in direct proportion to the problems you can solve. So if the only problem you're solving is picking up your camera, turning it on and, and pointing it in the right direction, then there's well, a lot of people. Anyone can do that, can't they? Yeah. Well, anyone that's into video can do that. Right. But when you start to do what you're doing and you're researching, you're reading launch and you're doing these things and you understand that, you know, because some people, and what's cool for you, though, that a lot don't have this advantage is the industry you're in, they typically, though, are going to have the people who can run the ads and do the different things because they're already into that. Some industries, this stuff's important, but they don't have people doing this. They don't even know who to have. And it, it's something powerful to do, you know, that ability to run a video and be able to create a custom audience on the fact that this three minute video was watched 100,000 times, but 30,000 people watched the whole video. Now there's an audience. Now we can run a new video to that person. And so when you can start to understand that language, like I had one guy 
that, you know, people don't know what they have sometimes though till it's gone. And then you experience contrast. And so I had one guy, you know, we were doing a lot with him, but he's in New York. I'm not. So there are certain things where it's just like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense for this two hour thing. Like, let's get somebody. And he goes, he goes, Gebs, I got to tell you, man, I really took for granted because I didn't have to, to tell you much because you just get it. And yeah. then I, I assumed that. So now when they went in, they didn't get the things I needed. They didn't ask the right questions because I didn't talk to them about it because I just figured, oh, kind of that, that monkey mentality. Ah, they got a camera. They can come and film. They'll, they'll be fine. It's easy. Because when you start to do what you're doing and learning and the way I've got to a place, we make things look so easy. So they don't know sometimes what's going on, what we really know, unless we also talk about it and really bring awareness to it. So now, like when I have that happen, I'll talk about that to a client when, when it comes to, um, you know, this idea, especially people that are, referrals are easier. I mean, if the pricing's somewhat remotely right, it's an easier sell when Shaw says, use, use Curtis. Yeah, because you, you can start, bounce off that credibility that they have for sure. So it, it works, doesn't it? Yeah, you don't have to sell them so much. No, exactly. But when you start getting people who are either cold or kind of randomly find you or they're kind of disconnected by, you know, the person that's referring isn't, is like Shaw's more on that top level, trust level, authority, expert. So, you know, somebody she may refer won't question it, but somebody that person refers might be three cheers down now, not to gauge a person's value of who they are as a person, but just now all of a sudden that person, yeah, yeah, that person's just kind of starting out, getting going. They already don't have as much of a budget and they're thinking, oh my gosh, that seems like a lot, but, and that's where you want to have that conversation. Well, there's lots of people with cameras, but I've really been in this industry and been studying this industry for a number of years. So there's, there's a lot of knowledge that I can bring. And then you just want to start conveying those things and talking. They'll go, as soon as they talk to anybody else who doesn't have that, now you've got that contrast. They're going to know, oh yeah, Curtis knows way more than these other three guys I talked to. They may be cheaper, but they don't have the expertise. Now they may even go with that person to begin with. And as soon as they get burned, you know, that's why you want to, I'm big on, you know, when you have conversations with people, whether they use you or not, blow them away. Because yeah. when that happens and something goes wrong, they're going to remember you and then they'll come back, you know? And so that's that patience game. And I've, I've had that. So it's funny you say that. Um, I won't mention any names here, uh, yeah. but yeah, I've had a client that um, was burnt by someone uh, that wasn't totally in the industry and she's, come back and she's come to me uh, she's known me for a while and she's like right I would like your help now and let's do this properly you know yeah yeah and you and you you know you can do your best to educate you see now those things come up they they come in your quote-unquote sales process arsenal of things to bring up you know when you're when you're saying things you can say things like that because you want to plant that seed and that might greater the chance of them not doing that meaning you you talk to them and say you know especially if they raise any red flags and they're, they're starting to question things. You go, well, you know, there's been a number of people through the years that I've, I've worked with that went and spent still half of what I'm charging or cl- even close. Cause I've had it even with weddings. I had people come up to me at a wedding reception and go, biggest regret we have was trying to save $500. You know, that was it. 500 bucks. And they went, and with it seems so else. much before, doesn't it? But then after the wedding, when they're looking at the result and they're thinking, oh, I want all of that stuff, because I've done a few weddings myself, yeah. um, then they really value that extra that they spent on it or they regret not spending the extra. 
And it's hard because in, unless you can convey that, some will listen, of course, some won't, but they, they don't know until it can be too late. And now they're actually, to me, they're wasting money now. Let's say you were charging $4,000 and they go spend $3,000 with somebody else and they don't get anything they need. Now, not only did they have to spend 4,000 with you, they spent the three. So now you actually almost became $7,000 instead of four. Um, that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. I always tell people when they do like t-shirts and I'm like, they want to save, you know, they want to have these, these giveaway t-shirts like, well, we want to save $3 on here and get the really, in their mind, they may not be thinking this, but they're getting the really cheap, not good quality. Nobody would want to wear it. So it's like you save three in your mind, but you still lost. If the shirt was 13 and you went with the $10 shirt, you actually lost $10 entirely because you just have a thing that people want to throw in the trash because they don't want to wear it. You know, so it, it, it's stuff that you can start to bring up in conversations with people um, because experience is powerful. And that's where trust comes into the equation as well, because the more trusted you are, uh, the more likely they also are to, to hire you and to pay you more. Um, and these people that you have, that is going to be a huge advantage for you as well, because you mentioned Tony Robbins beforehand. These different people that I had, I would have people go, well, so what was it like to work with Tony Robbins? Or they'd be on stage going, we have the videographer to Tony Robbins, da, 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 da. Mm. So people- See, That was what I was thinking. When I, was, I was going to ask you, what was it like? Was it great? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So you've got those, kind of, and I can talk about that, but there's, there's people you have now who are going to want to work with you simply because you worked with their idol, with their- person they look up to and there's there's a power in that and so because you can do the same kind of video for a whole bunch of people but all it takes is one more expert authority you know the the person everybody looks up to when you have that video that's because you could have a bunch that are all in these similar cool looking retreat locations but with people that nobody has a clue who they are and the people looking it doesn't add as much value you know to them they just don't they don't again it doesn't elevate you um, but let's talk about the pricing for a second. I mean, if you want to share, um, again, you don't have to spare specific client names or anything like that, but what, what's the average for say a single video that you're, you're getting right now? So that was what I was going to ask you. So I don't know if I want to share like specifics on here because it's been recorded and everything and yeah, I might yeah, want to change my pricing, you know? Yeah. Just but, tweak, tweak out some things. Of course, hundred yeah. percent. I don't want you to so, give away specific things, but whatever, however you feel comfortable sharing that. Absolutely. So what I was going to ask you is, would, do you do prices for videos, like project prices, or do you do a day rate? What, what kind of thing uh, do you do? I can give you a scenario perfect right now. I had a, a guy that actually has transitioned to a lot of the people that I've worked with in the States. I'm not shooting as much anymore. Um, and so I refer a lot to my buddy, Eric, and uh, known him for a number of years now. So this exact thing popped up with him which was basically he had somebody that said, hey man, you know, I only need you for a few hours and you know, that's the line. I only need you for a few hours and you know, what's your day rate? Because what they're trying to get half a day rate and all of that. And I'm like, yeah. Half day, day rate, you know, these things. And they're, they're trying to look at it again a little bit to me like the subway thing. It's a little bit like, it's not that hard what I need you to do. I just need you to grab some footage and you know, I just need you for a few hours. And on certain levels, they're hoping that you'll then say, okay, well, you can come out for $300. Um, now, obviously, a lot of mine and a lot of the ones we do, we're always getting on a plane most of the time. So there's no just day rate per se, because it's not like I can do anything else. If you only need me for three hours on the shoot, 
Like it doesn't mean necessarily I can go do something else and I'm not even at home in those other hours. Um, but what Eric did in that situation is he went and he, and he basically stood strong and confident in what he does best and the way he does it. And so that was, well, typically I don't really do day rates. We kind of take it per project and, you know, you know, a lot of the ones we do and he was able to name drop and these people know the names and he goes, what we normally do for such and such, such and such is that we're coming in for the whole day or two days and we're filming and we're getting the testimonials and the interviews. And then we put the whole thing together and we make the videos like you're impressed with. Mm -hmm. And that's how we do it. It's not just a, you know, you hire me for three hours for some B-roll necessarily. Now, what I would say is, We've had clients from time to time, and if somebody's local, that's a big difference. Like if you could truly go somewhere and they're right now, you've already done work for them, and you're just trying to capture a little bit of extra B-roll of a location, I mean, you can be flexible there, I think, on things from time to time. But in overall, like these videos I'm seeing on your site, these to me are more project-based. It's not a just, you just come in and get some footage and then you, you walk away. You really create like the experience you create the whole video the whole project and so you know for him you know on the lowest end depending on a lot of variables it's you know three to five thousand dollars and then kind of goes up from there and that particular guy on that project that wanted the day rate said okay well that's all right i'm not interested then on this one so it was this kind of like well this one i was the reason i was kind of asking that is because this one he didn't see as much value there was a number of things there. So it's like, he didn't want to spend a lot of money on that particular thing. He wanted Eric to film, but yeah. he knew there was going to be a bigger event or bigger project. And he was going to want Eric to do that. And interestingly enough, Eric came in at the exact rates he had thrown out on a project a few months later. And on top of that, one thing he did was, cause we're always trying to, what is that thing you can do to go a little bit above and beyond? Like to yeah. just blow him away. So he threw together a little edit. It was like a three-day thing. He threw together a little edit, gave it to him at the end. It was just kind of, the music video only ones are great for that kind of thing. Throw them together, you know, make a two and a half minute little just bang, 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 bang. Doesn't have to be real story based. Just great clips together, great song and hand that to him um, to show at the end of the event, upload to social media immediately or whatnot. And the guy goes, I'm giving you all the dates for the rest of the year. I, I'll pay whatever. I'm sick and tired of the videographers that I've been dealing with. Da 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 da. So it was these these little him kind of standing strong for. I make the videos you've seen for the other guys. That is why you're contacting me because he met Eric at a mastermind of a guy that he was in the mastermind, and so he wanted the video like Eric had done for that guy. So when he stood strong, well, to make those kind of videos, this is how I do it, and this is where it normally prices at you know, he got those rates a few months later and then he went a little, did a little extra sauce. You know, I was there and did a great job. And that guy's like, I'm tired of dealing with these people who just don't get it. They're not reliable. You know, they don't seem to enjoy what they're doing. Um, and he just got it. And so now Eric's been hired for like, I think three more events, you know, this year. Wow. And, um, so yes, as a whole, I believe that you should overall stick to project-based things, but that's where the more firepower you have with how your process is, how you go about it, and then it's not just about just capturing some random B-roll. Now, sometimes it depends, right? Like where you're at in your career, what you're wanting to do. I mean, Eric was, he was real close to going to do something to get in the door with him, Um. 
but you still kind of got to stand strong for what you do because if you have the ability to do all this stuff and you're good at being able to sell the projects and, and be able to understand that, like speak more knowledge, well, then you are going to be able to get higher rates because a guy who doesn't want to learn any of that, who doesn't want to do any of that and literally just wants to be a camera operator and be told what to do, well, that's a different story. Then, of course, like, yeah, okay, it's $800 for me to go shoot for the day. And then you just go shoot and you walk away from the project and you find another shoot again to, to shoot for eight hours or you know, shoot for six hours and just get paid because that's where you're going to be, you know, and that's not bad. I mean, you know, somebody who could get 700 to to $1,000 a day to only shoot, it's not a bad gig if you can find a regularity of shooting, depending on how much yeah. money you want, two or three days a week. But if since you have this other skill set, then yeah, you should be able to start getting that four, five, eight, ten thousand. What is your range? I think range is easier to, to share. Uh, yeah, so yes, well, that's a great, great story and everything. Um, well, a good uh, explanation and example of, of all of this. Um, I was also going to ask before we go into that. Perfect. I was going to ask, um, what about retainers? Mm, I, actually, man, if you're able to make them happen, we we have one right now where. Uh, the way the retainer is working, it's not from an ad retainer standpoint, like where we're being an ad agency and running ads, which that's a lot of what you're starting to see marketed by people in the video coaching industry where guys yeah, are selling that. you on the video ad retainer, but they're not really selling on making great video. They're really selling you on basically just being an ad agency. Um, I'm more so like with ours, we have one where... Um, I, it's kind of discounted for, for bulk to a degree. So it's like, hey, you've got three events this year. If you go ahead and do all three, we'll do it at this rate. And the one we have, they're just paying us once a month. So for 12 months, we're getting a payment. So we get that regularity of payment, which helps with kind of budgeting and different things as well. And it makes it easier for them to, to digest rather than, you know, the one I'm thinking about is, is a $30,000 thing. So rather than coming up with, say, 15 and 15 or something like that it's just 2700 bucks a month which i think comes out a little bit more than 30 but it's right around there but it's 2700 bucks a month and then we just kind of i know that's happening it's getting auto deposited and it works out great and so that is something that it's regular income as well isn't it yeah you know, it's and, and that's what you want to start having those conversations like the fact that you're starting to get into where they're wanting these ads made i mean you find three to five people who basically get that kind of like, cause for a long time I just did what I would call silver bullet marketing or silver bullet videos, which is like, we're going to come in and make one sizzle video mm. with testimonials. And then you're going to use that indefinitely. And that's supposedly going to get you all the business that you could ever want. Whereas nowadays there's really so much that these influencers or, in, you know, thought leaders and speakers and coaches, I mean, quite frankly, to keep up, they kind of need a regularity of content going out on Instagram stories, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook stories, YouTube. So there's a lot of ways that you can go in and even some of the stuff we're doing is filming entire events from start to finish and having the different speakers, the different sections. And just like you'd see with Gary Vaynerchuk or whatever, you're pulling sections from the talks and you're doing the little square videos with the text on the top and bottom and closed captioning. So there's a lot you can offer these people if you start to, to understand it and basically be able to find well, what's the sweet spot that I'm not getting screwed over here, but they're also getting a better rate for kind of locking me in because otherwise you end up with that. Well, I got two, three events this year, you know, maybe we'll use you. 
you know, and then you're like, okay, I, maybe they'll use me, but I don't know. And then I find a lot of these entrepreneurs that I've worked with. It's not like weddings. I'd book a wedding 18 months in advance. Some of these people wow. book me honest to God, seven days in advance, you know, I yeah, mean, well, I mean, I've got booked on the day before, <laughs> but that was a, a different circumstance. I mean, um, Char does a lot of stuff down where I live because uh, she's got a house down here as well. And she's like, Curtis, are you free to come down and do some filming? We know we're last minute. And I'm like, well, I am doing some editing, but because I'm here, I can just pop down and do that like tonight or something. Yeah. Uh, so I've had it very last minute. I know what you mean. A hundred percent. So, you know, that can be frustrating at times. So if you, if you can start to lock in a few shots per se, where it's just like they're going to pay two, three, four thousand dollars $4,000 a month and you're just going to rock out all their content and they become a regular con- you know, client, um, that's great. You know, and you end up with you know, three or four or five of those. That could be awesome because, I mean, the biggest thing that people have problems with is, is, is if you're a person who, I call it kind of the one-trick pony. And the one-trick pony is you only know how to do one thing. And so if the only thing you know how to do is go film an event, ask some questions, get some interview or testimonials, and then put one video together, mm. it really limits. Now, what, what are they going to hire you for again? I mean, do they need that exact video at every event they do? Maybe, right. maybe not. Some of them, we have one guy, he does about six a year, and he wants every other event to have a new sizzle. And so a new, new thing, but he doesn't want all six. It's like every single one he does, uh, he doesn't want to do, but he does like every other one. Um, but when you start you know getting, what, the audience will get tired of that, won't they? They won't want to watch the same thing over and over again. They want they, some variety. They can start, yeah, they, well, yeah, that's why he does it too. Cause some of them are similar locations. So he wants to do different visuals in the location. You know, there's a number of things there, but when you're able to start doing the, the ad videos and you're kind of doing the man on the street videos, following him in the car, you know, all these other kind of things. And if you're able to do that, which I would argue, I actually with scripted videos and, um, like I love the more event style where there's just live action happening in front of me and I just capture. That is my absolute zone of genius. But when it comes to they've got teleprompters they want to do and scripts and they're going to be in the car and be here and there's a lot more uh, staging to some of it. It's just not my sweet spot as much. But if you're able to do that and you're able to be the person who on some level and even if you start to have a small little team of people who can help you with things, that's again where you just continue to increase your value and increase the ability for them to uh, consistently use you on a regular basis. But you know, I, I definitely think, man, the retainers, I mean, that's where we've been starting to push. I have a lot of, I have a guy who owns a big $20 million production company and he's like, my accountant for years used to be like, how do you sleep at night? Like you, you never knew what's coming in. Yeah. I mean, it always worked out, but from month to month to month, they don't know what's coming in. And now they've started finally after all these, they've been in over 15 plus years, starting to have those kind of retainer deals come in where it's just like, you know, at the end, let's say it started on January 1st and in perfect world, you know, they're going to be having content that they're producing all year long versus what they were doing for a while is they come in and they make in this where we were at like a TV commercial. So they just run that spot they run it for a couple months and then they don't do anything for a while. But now with social media and the need to kind of create consistent content, it's a powerful thing, man. So, I mean, there's definitely, uh, it's a good way to start to start going. If we come back to your question about uh, ranges of pricing that I'm offering then, it's uh, for Shah, for example, I'm offering a, um, a retainer-based thing. 
Perfect. That would be probably, Charles probably doing about 3,000 with me a month. Mm -hmm. So, but the thing about that is I do sometimes run out of time to do other things. So it's more of a time issue than anything else. Well, that's, so let me look back here and you can tell me again too, but I just want to see what you had put at the time that you had uh, filled this out. So you had loving editing on a seven on a scale of one to 10. Like, I mean, it, let me, let me paint this picture and just have you imagine this for a second. Cause what I'm finding is the people I'm doing these calls with, I say, it's like, uh, the sun in the dark. Like if, if just imagine for a second, you've never seen the sun. And the only thing you know is darkness. You would never miss the sun because you don't even know the sun exists. Mm. So I'm finding that some people just don't fully realize, especially at your age, even that this, you might know it's possible, but you might not know how to do it for yourself. And that is, if in a perfect world we can have a magic wand and you had a rock star editor who put the exact kind of edits that you needed together and your client would be happy with, and you did not have to be the one editing it, how would that make you feel? Would that be great? Would that be something yeah. that... I tell you what, though, this is funny it's come up because it is actually something I've experimented with. So I've had a guy from Full Time Filmmaker Community actually... Mm -hmm. I'm outsourcing edits to him sometimes. Okay. Uh, he's really good. Uh, it's just, I struggle with the files, like sending the files over. So I think I'd need someone locally based because if I shoot like a hundred gig for an event or 200 <laughs> gig or something, I can't send it over unless I, you know, actually send the memory stick over. And, <laughs> so, and he's in America. So it's, it's hard for, for me. In, in oh, wow. Yeah, that's definitely. Well, so, so I, it's a couple of things with even like full-time filmmaker that I've started to think about because, you know, there's a map with freaking a gazillion people all over the world on it. I think all of it's very underutilized right now because I think that I love connecting and I love connections. And so, you know, for me, I've recognized that the greatest skill set I have is my ability to actually build relationships and connect and network and talk and all the inspiring coaching, those things. But when it comes to editing computers, details, emails, organization. If I never had to do any of that, like I'm not going, oh man, my life's going to suck. Like I would be destroyed. Whereas there's people who like doing what I do, they would be distraught. Like they would not be happy, you know, because all they want to do is be behind the computer editing. They don't have to even deal with people. And so yeah, what that's I'm not me. I'm more definitely more of a people person. I was going to say as well, I was going to add to what you said. It's a, quite a hard question as well, like how much do I love editing? Because it depends what you're editing, doesn't it? So if I'm editing something for my own like YouTube channel, I'm loving it. I'm loving every moment of putting the okay. story together. But if I'm editing for maybe an ad that's a sit-down ad and it's not as enjoyable as something It's not creative else, for you. Yeah, so it depends what it is, I suppose, yeah. Uh, you know, I hear, I, the more and more I ask that question, the more and more I hear that exact answer from, from people, from like your personality, um, style is is exactly that it's kind of like as a whole you you would you wouldn't be upset if you didn't have to edit and there was somebody sitting right behind you at the computer you've got there and they're just cranking and you know that epic edits even probably of your own stuff if it could get done and you could spend more time meeting connecting talking shooting the footage that probably like you wouldn't be like this sucks i never get to edit but you you'd be a little bit you know, you'd still like to edit from time to time. But if you'd overall didn't have to do it, that would probably be great. So what I'm getting at is doing, I mean, right now, again, I don't have a great resource for this because I'm just trying to, even as I'm having these calls, I'm having the people who are going, I just love editing. Now I'm going, okay, Curtis needs editor. Where are you located? And you start to, I start to connect those dots and I'm trying to connect people. Or when I'm in the group, some of the people I've connected with, 
when I see somebody say, I need an editor, I'm tagging them for them to reach out. But I would, you know, I would attempt to find somebody in your area that you can potentially, because the people that I'm using the most, and I think this is the problem until the internet's just blazing fast, um, mm. and or, you know, obviously you'd still want to have somebody in the London area, even if you couldn't take it to them like physically, it'd be still cheaper to mail somebody a drive that's yeah, and, get exactly. it to them, and get it to them fast enough and faster, yeah. than you would with the States. I mean, that would be like me going, I got this epic editor, but I got to mail it to London every time that I do it. I mean, it's going to cost me way more money and time. And so, um, but yeah, I would, I would try to do that because I think that that's where you're probably wasting a lot of your value and skill set on edits that I hate to say it, but are monkey-esque work. They're, they're, they're not to devalue whoever would do it because we're all going to – because what's going to happen with somebody you get to do that? One of two things. One, you don't want somebody like you. Like I'm looking at like your assessment. I don't get into that a ton, but I just kind of glance at it. But there's a, there's a red, yellow, green, and blue. And typically people who are high only on the green and blue – are much more introverted editor style type of people. They'd prefer to not have to deal with people. Um, and you got a little bit of that on your natural, but you're still higher on your on on the influence on the the yellow line, which is me. Like I'm a core of that. I just love talking to people. Um, you have a blend. You can still you kind of got that um, hybrid where it's you can sit and get focused and do the editing. It doesn't just destroy you and you don't like it at all like you said depends on what you're editing but you want to be editing something creative like you like variety in your life to a degree like the, yeah. you want a person that's editing who doesn't love variety as much and they're like i just like to sit and edit whatever it is as long as i get to edit um, but you still might cycle through that person because if they're truly things that are like pushing keystroke you know pushing the buttons moving the mouse and there's not a lot of creativity they may or may not want to do that for the long haul. And I think that's what happens with a lot of even the entrepreneurs or people who need things created that are very systematic and formulaic. And there's not a lot of creativity that gets to get used. People don't love to do that. They just don't. Um, yeah, when I'm sitting there doing some of those videos like you mentioned, I'm just feeling like I'm not pushing ahead in my business where I want to go. And I feel like I just want to be out there talking to people, making videos. But and see, that's where you got to realize, like, I'll give you another story here real quick. My one buddy, he, he ultimately loves this, like, because here's the thing for me, like when I give even these event videos, when I give them to my editor, I talk to them for 20, 30 minutes. They've done enough of these. They more or less get it. They put it together. I get it. I send it to the client. Usually on the first draft, they send me client nine times out of 10. We usually don't have more than two more uploads after that. If that, some of them, I mean, one we just did, um, it was already online before we even had any conversation. We just sent them the link and the next morning it's on Facebook. You know? <laughs> okay, well, that's good. Um, but so for me, I, the dream client. <laughs> they happen, you know, um, uh, they happen, but, uh, but so what I was going to say is, is, so for me, I'm not as involved or I wouldn't say don't care, but I, I don't on certain levels with all the story. I don't need to get as involved in really helping mold that thing together. Like I'm not going, Oh, I know I got this sound by that and really going through all that. Whereas my other buddy, now, fortunately for him, he doesn't really know how to edit at all. Like he can't use the computer for the editing. He's never learned that software. So he understands that. He has no choice. Yeah. He has no choice, exactly. And, and for him, he recognizes he's more of a people person, the connections, the relationships, the client management, the selling the job, the negotiating, the meetings. 
But if there's 30 hours to be edited, he spends still a couple hours. Like if there's 30 hours for me, I'm probably not spending more than 20 minutes, 30 minutes, you know, and then I get the video and I send it over. Whereas him, he's really guiding it. He gets a draft. He's like, I don't like this and change this and change that. And then, you know, he gives a lot more direction, mm-hmm. but he's still only going to spend a couple hours out of the 30 hours. Whereas if he had to edit, he'd have to spend all 30 hours. Um, same thing for shooting. Now shooting, he likes to run the camera on set here and there but he still always has a shooter with him. So overall, he is still spending, in the grand scheme of his business, 80% of his time, 90% of his time is spent meeting people, clients, relationships, connecting, getting on the phone, all that kind of stuff. And then he always is hiring a shooter or an editor. And a lot of the shoots, I mean, it's him and one person. And then on the back end, it's him and an editor. Um, and he does very, very well with that model um, and I find if you can embrace that, that's where you're going to be able to have three people or four people at $3,000 versus you're like, wow, I'm getting a little bogged down. Because I bet you'll procrastinate a little bit on those projects and things that, you know, so you want that. I'm just trying to fix that, but uh, yeah. I just, yeah. Well, I'm fix just like, it, it's going to be, the better fixing it is going to be to find somebody who loves to do that kind of work rather than you trying to be, I always say a fish trying to climb a tree, right? It's just like, don't, don't try to be something you're not. My one buddy always says, you know, if you're, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, if you're a head of lettuce, then find a salad, make a salad. Don't hammer nails with a head of lettuce. It's stupid when you think of that, but that's what we're doing sometimes. If I'm more of a people person, but I'm like, well, it's gotta be edited. Like I got the footage. I don't have, there's no other choice I have, but see when you know the software, well, you feel like you don't have another, like, oh my, I've got to edit it. You know, and I know how to do it. Whereas you feel like you're throwing money away if you hire someone, but you're throwing your time away if you don't hire someone. And then you can't, and then you can't get more work and all that. So you know, that's the thing. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, here's a, an easy rule of thumb that we try to go by, and a lot of people that I've known through the years go by. Forty to sixty percent is a good number. So if you get, say, three thousand dollars on a project, then be willing to allocate fifteen hundred of that to other people to help you on that project. But the thing is, again, so you can say, okay, well, now I'm only making 1500 But in the, in the mental bandwidth and the time and everything else that it takes for that 1500 for you, again, if that frees you up 30 hours on a project, like that's a lot of time. I mean, a shoot day isn't more than, I mean, they're long, obviously. Sometimes I'm sure you've done that. You know, they're long days, but that still could be, call it a 10-hour, that's still three full shoot days. That could be two more projects, three more projects. We're out meeting people. Um, and so, you know, that's the thing. I mean, if we get an, you know, um, if we get a shoot, like I've had some perfect example. I mean, back in January, I had one that was almost a $12,000 job and it was, you know, a couple of my guys had to fly somewhere and they were gone for a couple of days. And then there was a few weeks of editing. My total time for me to make five or 6,000, actually it was more like four or 5,000 on that project two or three hours wow <laughs> that's insane right but i see where you're coming from yeah you, you see that so yeah. so these guys who love to shoot who love to edit who love to do these things you know because the hardest part man is you having the ability and any guy and you see in the group and you see all over is getting the work is building the relationships you got plenty of people with talent who can't get any work and so you as the person who's able to do that who's able to build relationships should be getting more than a person who without you can't get any work 
Um, and if they build up that skill set, well, then more power to them. Then they can be a person who's running somewhat more of the company. And that's where it seems you're evolving to. And that's what I'm always probing at people because let me ask you this. And I always, I probably need to ask it sooner, but if you didn't need any money, which I think right now in your scenario, based on what I was reading, you don't need a lot. So I think you're in a, in a decent place. But if you, if you didn't need any money and I gave you all the money you'd ever need to buy a house that you would want and a car or whatever you want, how would you spend your time? Would you be shooting? Would you be editing? Would you be managing a few people? Like from a professional standpoint, of course, here. Yeah, I don't think I'd be editing <laughs> for, for, for one. Yeah. Uh, I definitely would be making like relationships and talking to people. And I think I would shoot for a few people that I was passionate about working with, um, like, like people like Shah that I enjoy <laughs> working with and also doing a lot of my own stuff. Like I just, I like doing that, that kind of thing. I, I like creating. I'd, I'd love to come up with uh, making new series and stuff online. Yeah. Yeah. And just, just stuff like that. So yeah, I'd still be doing the same thing, but maybe less of the editing. So it's, a, it's a balancing act. So that answers that question. And so that would be the time over the coming months that I would really start hammering down on. Uh, because if you have that ability and the desire, because some don't. Like, I mean, that's the thing that I, I'm so big on coaching and mentoring and more even like this capacity and the nuance and the context of an individual, because I can ask that question to you and you can say what you said. And one guy who I just got, who's just uh, started editing as an assistant on a Netflix series, like he had a job for years and he was trying to be that guy who was like wheeling and dealing and meeting people. And he's just not. And he's like in a perfect world, I'd be my dark, cool set up with my two monitors and I'd just be editing. Yeah, that's not, that's not a bit of me, but it depends on the person. Yeah. Right, it depends on the person. But, but so that's the thing. So his value creation, his ability of what he's going to get paid, what his options are, are limited, but it's still, if he knows what he wants, he can get it. And he finally declared that, got it, and that's where he was able to finally quit his job because for years I'd known him and he wouldn't accept that because a lot of the world right now is positioning people as own the whole business, hire employees, do this, but, but it's not for everyone. But if you have the ability to want that, then your ability to create more free time to create more revenue and to spend more time on even some of your own personal projects, which I guarantee will actually be things that will create opportunities for you, whether it's just from the standpoint of you, you have your own audience now and you can do things, or just the people that you're working with are going to see that yeah. stuff. You know? I've got a funny story about that. I don't know how much time we've got. but have got um, 10 minutes or so. It's all good. Okay, cool. So I, uh, I made a, like a, a story. It was like a mini documentary style thing for my, uh, I think it was 19th birthday. And we went up to the tallest, well, it's a road trip. Um, I just passed my driving test. So we went on a road trip, me and my best mate, and we went all the way to the tallest mountain in England, uh, well, in Scotland, I suppose, in the yeah. UK. Yeah. And it's called Ben Nevis. And we went all the way up to the top and we made the trip. So we made uh, stops along the trip and we filmed everything. And it went really well online. It probably got about 2,000 views, but that wasn't the most exciting bit about it. Um, Red Bull Cliff Diving saw the video and they invited me to go out and work as a presenter for them into all these different countries. So I got a paid trip to, um, I went to Bosnia, uh, I went to Texas, uh, Switzerland, <laughs> and I was on the Red Bull Cliff Diving, uh, all of that and doing all the presenting and everything. It was, it was insane. So it's what can happen from those personal projects. Yes. 
Yes, 100%, man. And you never know if some of the things you're going to create then again, version of that. But even these entrepreneurs might see that and now they're going to go, I saw what you did. Like, I want to do that for me. Mm. And, and so there's those levels of like what I find and people take for granted is our passion projects, our free projects that we do that we're not controlled by anybody that then create opportunities in so many ways. And what you want is for people to see these things and, you, and then to go, I want you to do that. Because now you're like, hell yes, this is great. Versus a lot of times if we're doing things that we don't want to do at all, then people see that and they go, hey, I saw what you did. I want you to do that for me. And in your head, you're going, here we go again. Another one of those projects. But instead, you'll go, oh yeah, I can do that. And then we just complain and we end up building this kind of cage of a business that we're like, the clients, the work, everything we, we have, I don't like. But it happened way back in the early part of the career when you just were you know, taking on anything and everything and never, never started to stand for your own value. Like we talked about my buddy going, yeah, this is how I do it. This is how I make the videos that you're contacting me about. But there takes a level of building a confidence, you know, and having a, a certainty and a clarity for what you kind of stand for, what you do best, what you do excellent. And then people will value that more. I mean, to me, that's where people will pay more for these elements. Because again, when you just kind of do anything for everybody and you don't really stand for anything, I, I just feel like those are the ones who are struggling the most with pricing and money because they don't understand any, they understand video, but I just believe that the way things are evolving, just having an understanding of an ability to shoot or edit, if that's all it is, you will cap in the income and you just have to accept that. If you're not willing or wanting or desiring to do that, I think that as a solo camera op or editor, depending on where you're at in the world, you're probably looking at between forty dollars to $100,000 a year if you're just going to be a camera operator, just going to be a shooter or a hybrid of both. But when you have the ability to do what you're doing and go, yeah, I'm in a place now I can see where I might be able to have an editor that can start taking care of this certain work and free up an extra five or 10 hours. But that'll compound with the projects and the time to where, yes, you could bring in $350,000 in a year and spend $150,000 on getting that done. And sometimes you could say, because here's the thing, Sometimes you could have two ways of making 150,000. One, let's just, just throw it out 150. One where you're working all the time, week after week after week, and you bring in 150,000. Or one where you, you make 300,000, but you spend 150,000 on people and editors and shooters. So you still only made 150, but this 150 has you free six months out of the year on certain levels to do whatever you want. Whereas the other one, you're literally working 12 hours a day, you know, five days a week. that's not sustainable as well. That other it's one, not, you burn out. out. You burn out. And like the lady I was talking to yesterday, you know, was talking about things. I, I got out of her. She actually had her dream scenario. Like the three things she wanted, she was doing, but one of them was way out of balance. So we're never going to have perfect balance. There'll always be an ebb and flow. But if things are way out for a long period of time, that's what leads to burnout. So it's like, you know, even if, you, you know, you have certain projects that you love to edit, but if you had to do those seven days a week, week after week after week, you'd end up getting burnt out even of that. And so yeah. in, in, in a different way, not in, because in, like, here's my example of this. I've got three of these calls I'm going to record today. And the, and the day before yesterday, I had three. I love doing this. But three calls, like there's a, there's, there's a thing I'm doing right now where 
rather than going, well, you know, it's not sustainable for me to do three calls a day, five days a week. Even though I love it, I have to recharge. Like there's certain things that have to happen. Cause I'm very high energy. I'm very high energy. So it takes, it takes a lot out of me. So it's not a negative thing. Like I hate doing this. It's so draining. But at the same time, I, I just mentally get drained because of the exertion of energy. So if I had to do calls like this, seven hours a day, five days a week, even though I like doing them, I wouldn't sustain it for the long haul because I just, I would end up just, ex, you know, exhausted. And then I stop. And then what people, when people do that, which I've had in the past, you lose momentum. So it's better to, 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 to either recognize it's a season and do it intentionally. But a lot of people like the girl yesterday, she had a full-time job contracted in. And so the eight to 10 hours a day, five days a week was like, it wasn't controlled by her. Whereas like, I know, okay, for the next 90 days, I'm going to try to do as many of these as I can about three a day, you know, three to four days of the week. And I'm just going to keep doing them because it, it's a lot of people. And I know Parker's even mentioned this, but it's like, you know, I've mentioned this of, if I say weddings, if I say, oh, I've been doing this for 17 years, but I've only done 17 weddings in 17 years, one wedding a year. But then somebody else does 17 year one, 17 year two, 17 year three. I mean, already by year really one or two, they're already probably more skilled, more talented and more experienced than the person who's been doing it for 17 years. Because the years don't matter. It's the really the volume at which you're able to do something is the faster you're going to get better. And I believe that before you can do less, you sometimes have to have the volume. It's hard to get good at something just doing something a couple of times. But it's once you're really good at it. It's an hour principle, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's like riding a bike. I mean, they say that, right? It's like riding a bike. But you might take weeks to take the training wheels off your bike and be able to ride that bike. But then the rest of your life, even if you haven't ridden a bike in 10 years, you can typically get on a bike and just start riding. Um, but it might have taken you those months. And depending on what you're learning, what you're doing, will depend on how long it's going to take. But then once you get it, you don't lose it. But a lot of us, we just get going a little bit. I say like a train going down the track. Once a train's going down the track, it's very hard to stop. But if you are not moving fully at full speed yet, it's like it takes a little bit to get the train going. And if you stop it, it's going to take just as long to get it going again. Um, and a lot of guys in their careers, they just keep killing the uh, – the momentum and then it's hard and then they try to find the easy shiny object thing that they think is going to make them good money in like a week and it's like yeah. things take time like you building a reputation and a brand within that kind of event you know thought leader speaker coach world like you'll have a competitive advantage over everyone else who again is just a camera operator who knows how to pick up the camera and you've already been able to get some pseudo in their own industry celebrities that you've been able to work with, which is a huge asset. So um, yeah, I'm not afraid of doing hard work and I do want to put the work in now because I want to do it when I'm younger. So I have the energy like, and then I can relax when I'm older, still do a lot of like of the work I love, but not do like what you're saying, like a steam train going as fast as I can. Yeah. You know, just relax a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I want to, I mean, I will, we'll, 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 we'll wrap the, the main part of the uh, per se discussion up here in just a sec. But I mean, there's so much more. Like I, I, I see on so many levels. I mean, the interesting thing is you're doing at 21 what I didn't do until I was 24 to 26, maybe. Like because the Tim Ferriss was my kind of 
skyrocket. Tim Ferriss and then Tony Robbins. But that didn't happen until I started video 2004, 2005, which was high school, 2006, officially started my business. And I didn't film for Tony Robbins till 2012. So that was six years into my business. And, uh, and then that's- You were building all those skills in that time, weren't you? And then when the opportunity arose, you were ready to take action. I was ready. The thing that I would say that I now know that is the stuff that I would want to continue that conversation with you about is, is the, the things around the team and the people. Because I hired a guy in 2010 and I doubled the business two years in a row, but I was still so young and naive to what I had that I lost it all two and a half years in. Um, now we're friends again, but he's in a completely different place. So like having back what I had for those two and a half years that I kind of took for granted, you know, would be something to, as you're basically, because the other thing too, is like, you have this passion around video and you have this passion around what you're doing. And so that passion's everything. And my passion is quite frankly, on the call we're doing right now, it's not at all within the actual production side of things. I can but tell I, you're certainly passionate about this. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, but passion, I had it for the beginning part of my career. The problem was I got very sidetracked. And so having the business set up better, um, I was too young and naive to realize to build it the proper way. Um, and so now somebody like yourself, where you're on, where there's the potential to start getting an editor and getting some different people in place to basically create something that you're still you're passionate about but you're able to then infuse enough of your other little personal projects in and these things to make this very sustainable because this can be a really great like really great business over the next three to five to ten years for you where because even for me i'm already like okay well this guy we need to be having another conversation anyways because that space is a space where people do trust me but i'm not wanting to be the person like even really running the video production company at all anymore. So I'm wanting to find people like yourself and my buddy, Eric, you know, you would potentially be in the UK, right? Cause I don't have anybody yeah. over there right now. And it's kind of serendipity that we're uh, talking, but, but yeah, so it's, it's really exciting, but I think that there's a lot of great things for you to start considering and thinking about that'll continue to just elevate where you're going. That's why I said, when I, I sent you the one message, I'm like, a little bit of guidance, a little bit of stuff, I think, with your determination and your drive and your, your kind of hunger for what you're doing and your passion, like some, some really great things are, you know, in the future for you. So Yeah, definitely cut down that learning experience as well because I, I know I'm young. I know I'm, I'm probably going to make mistakes, but with sure. you on board, that could, really, that could really help alleviate some of those mistakes. Obviously, there's going to be mistakes. Um, and I th yeah, we all got to have them, right? Like, I think you're still an experiential guy. Like, you're going to learn through experience, but I know that there's some things, because the way I had a guy recently, he said, you know, I couldn't figure out the way you coach for a while, because he's like, you never actually give any advice. <laughs> and I'm like, well, and, and then he explained, but the way it was is because I don't like to tell anybody what to do, right? Like, if I'm a person, what I realize is people who hate editing are going to tell everybody they come in contact with to not do editing. But what I find is, is a lot of people... Um, well, everyone is different. And so if you look up to me and I tell you, that's why I'm asking the questions and, and seeing where you sit. Because if you were like, dude, I, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, I love editing. Like, I love, love, love editing. But I'm like, dude, if you want to grow your business, you can't edit. And like, I love editing. Then you're going to think, well, this Gebs guy is telling me he's had some success. He seems to know what he's talking about. I mean, maybe I should do that. And 
then you potentially might do it, but there'll be a lack of fulfillment. There'll be a lack of like joy that'll be happening. You won't know what it is. And that's the thing that I've had happen a lot. And honestly, through the industry you're in, I found at times that, I mean, my one guy who's a behavioral profiler, he says, we don't see others as they are. We see them as we are, unless we're very self-aware to see things in a different lens. So a lot of people who don't kind of work on this, if, if I've had bad partnerships, I'm automatically going to tell you, Curtis, partnerships are horrible. If I have no awareness to go, well, I've actually had some good partnerships and bad partnerships. And right now in my personal life, I'm a little, little you know, neutral on partnerships, but they can have huge potential. Here's what to think about. Here's what to consider. And then if you yeah. go through that kind of checks and you consider those things, then make your own educated decision. Because I'm not going to sit here to tell you that you've got the greatest person on planet Earth sitting next to you ready to partner with you and everything's aligned and we're going through the things and, and I'm still like, nope, no partnership, man. <laughs> you know, it's like, no, because I've seen people explode their business through a partnership. Um, you know, so there's just things like that where I like to bring both sides of the equation and help you think about it. And then you make your own, you know, decision and you, you guide, you kind of, um, you, you learn to think for yourself, not for me to think for you. Uh, and I think that's a powerful thing. So I think that, um, that approach is probably best for me and it's best probably a lot of the entrepreneurs that I know. Because that's why we don't have a job. You know, we don't like people telling us what to do. Uh, we like to think about it ourselves and come up with the best course of action. But having someone there to suggest maybe right. and come up with some ideas so you can think, oh, would that work for me? Is that the right thing? That, it's resonance. Happening. There's a word I, I really like to talk about a lot right now. is like alignment and resonance. What resonates with you? Is what I'm saying resonating? If it's not resonating, then we got to figure out why it's not resonating and what would resonate. Because the things that we're going to, had the most success in business and life with are the things that resonate and align with us because talk about clarity back there. Like if you're driving down the road with a windshield, that's completely foggy. You won't drive very fast because it's not clear, but the yeah. more clear you are and focused and you know where you're going and it feels good. and It's aligned. You can put that pedal down and you can drive fast, you know, and you know, you're safe and you know, you're good. Now you might, you'll hit some bumps. Those things, right? Life's going to happen. There's going to be unknown variables. I could have gone through the exact scenario five times and had something happen a certain way and you go through it and it just happens a different way, right? It's not going to happen yeah. the same way, but I can only say, hey, these are the things that might or might not happen and then you'll see what happens. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of coaching and things out there where I see a lot of ego and I, I believe I had ego back in the day as well where I thought everybody needed to be an entrepreneur and that's the thing I've started to see is I've seen a lot of people who went down the entrepreneurial route and they themselves just weren't as entrepreneurial and they were really struggling. They were like that. They're the monkeys are telling them the monkeys are the entrepreneurs going, Hey, entrepreneurship. It's the only way you got to own your own business, do your own thing. And they're the fish. And they're like trying to get up in the trees with the monkeys and the entrepreneurs. When in fact, if they just fly around in the water, they'll flourish. They'll still do well. Um, it's like my wife, my wife, I was doing that too for a long time when she was just my girlfriend. And and it just resistance was high. She wouldn't do it. She resisted. And then I can I relate let, to this. <laughs> okay, good. Well, and then when you let go, I let go and I stopped pushing upon her. And I let her, I just, you know, you kind of say, uh, is it on the back? Yeah, just say, be the change you want to see. It's, you know, it's not uh, that sign up there. Yeah, yeah. It says, be the change you want to see for everybody listening. And that's all you got to do. And then you're there, and honest to God, three years later, now now she's a little uh, little entrepreneur. She's selling her own little arts and crafts. You know, she's not making tons of money, but she's happy. 
And that's what I want, you know, and, and everybody's level of happiness and, and the money and tons of money is all different. And that's where we can't infuse what tons or success means on anybody else. Like I, if you wanted to make a million dollars a year and that's your true desire, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, you shouldn't do that. But at the same time, if I come here and tell you, Curtis, you need to make a million dollars and you're like, right now I'm happy if I make $200,000 or hundred or 50, you know, what I'll find, what I find is, is you're more likely to get to a million going through it on the phases for yourself than going from, I make $20,000 a year and this guy's telling me I need to make a million. And you're like, that gap is so huge. I have no clue on earth. Like I can't even fathom that. I just would like to get to 40. A lot of the guys I've seen that I've helped that have made multiple six figures and done really well, all of their little contact forms said they'd like to make $30,000 but they were only making 10 or 15. And when we got them to 30, they got to 80, they got to a hundred, you know? And so you go at the pace that's right for you and you're more likely to make it places you never dreamed of than if you're going at the pace of somebody else that's not at your pace at all. So anyways. Yeah, for, for me, I think I'd be happy to make um, enough that I can maintain my life, you know? So if I, I'm, I'm happy with that amount, but I would obviously like to push it further. And if, if that means extra money, then that's what happens, you know? But yeah. I would like to be doing what I love to do still. And that's, and that's the biggest thing I'll tell you. And, and um, when I started my business, I said, if I, you know, doing what you, this is what I had in my mind. I said, if you do what you love, you just get by. But if you make a lot of money, you'll be miserable. My big shift now is you can do what you love and do far more than get by. Like it's, but I, I was living that. So even though I made more money, I proved that the more money I made, the more miserable I got, because that was the story that I was telling that if a person makes a lot of money, they'll be miserable. And you know, it was kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more money I made, the more miserable I became. And now I understand that has no correlation except for our thought process. So if we believe that by God, we're probably going to end up making that happen. You know, if you believe that making a ton of money will bring you misery or pain or suffering or headaches, then if you do things to generate more money, there's probably going to be a correlation of you looking and creating in the world, more problems and challenges. And then your brain will go, told you, buddy, <laughs> I told you it was going to be opposite. You think you're going to be super happy when you're making tons of money and you yeah, don't absolutely. appreciate what you've got. Um, yep. That's what I try and do. Appreciate that I'm lucky enough to be running my own business, have the yep. gear, and and do all what I'm doing, and meet the amazing people I have uh, that I've met. So I appreciate all of that. But yep. then it's looking for the next steps. I always like to be keep on improving, keep going yeah. to the next. Place. There's no reason to stifle it. I think that's the thing. It's like there's no reason to if if the growth opportunities are there, you just have to design it in a way that keeps it conducive for for your lifestyle and everything else. It's not just I'm making money simply only because of the sake of making money at the sacrifice of lifestyle and enjoyment and things like that. But if you can design the business in a way where you can kind of make as much money as you want and still maintain all the things that you, you love about it, hell yeah, that's, that's my outlook. It's just don't do the thing at the sheer, if money is not a driving factor, then just at the sheer growth factor, but sacrificing all the positives, like that's unnecessary. But I believe we can have the growth and the positive all at the same time, you know, and you can set things up. That's where in my thirties now I see how I can do things different and have unlimited earning potential, but just being cognizant that as I'm going about it, I need to put the right little strategic people in place, let them do what they're talented and gifted at 
and that'll continue to free me up more and more because I've seen the, the, the more I'm in my zone of genius and other people are in theirs, the more money I earn. The more I have to do too much of things that are not, so editing, use, bring that, the more I have to do these things like editing that are not in my zone of genius, the more I procrastinate, the more unhappy I am, the more I waste mm -hmm. time, the more, I, so, so that's where it's all about find your zone of genius, find what's great for you, and then effectively spend more and more time in that. And the more you can start to delegate off or, you know, hire out the things that aren't in your zone of genius. And it's not about fighting through. Some people are like, oh, just get over it, man. Fight through it. Da, da, da. It's like once you intuitively know and start to learn about yourself and know what's right for you, then you can start to, and if you want to grow a business rather than just be, like I said, I just want to be a camera operator. I don't look, I don't care about entrepreneurism. I don't care about building, you know, some big business or ever hiring anybody. I just want to shoot. Well, that's different. But if you own that, you'll do better than if you're fighting the other thing the whole time. Cause that's what I see the guy who that would be the right thing for him could earn that say $80,000 a year, but he can't earn anything because he's fighting doing something that is just not within his DNA. That was like my guy. He, he was, he always had a job. He made five, 10, 15,000 on the side in video. So his job had nothing to do with video. And so he's spending the majority of his time in a job he doesn't love. And now he's spending all of his time at a job that he loves doing what he loves and earning more money than he did on his prior job. So he's happy. And that, that's all I want for people. I don't, I don't care what it looks at life, like. He's winning at life, isn't he? <laughs> What's that? He's winning at life. He's winning at life. And that's all I want for people is just to be enjoying what they're doing. So, um, well, cool, man. Well, let's, let's kind of end that there. I'm going to have to, to um, it's always weird. <laughs> I just talk to my wife about this. I'm like, I don't really know how to end these things. Like I, I love conversations and when you're, when you're just in the zone and then the, and like, God dang, it's been an hour and 15 minutes. It's like it flies. Oh, has it really? Wow. Yeah. Well, that's, that's the heart. Like, well, I guess when I'm talking to people, I don't know, time evaporates. But um, anyways, well, I hope that was, is there any other final things that you, you had for, for this um, right now or kind of? No, I, I think you much covered everything really. It, it was really interesting to listen to you speak and uh, you're definitely operating in your level of genius. Your area. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. There you have it. Another episode of Jumpstart Sessions and I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click get coached on the podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care. <laughs>